0: Good just to praise the Lord, he is holy, he is worthy, we are not, I am not, and that brings me pause, sometimes standing before you as a shepherd, realizing I'm not worthy to stand before you preaching especially on the excellence, the priority of love this morning. This 13th chapter of the book of Corinthians is convicting if you allow God to speak his truth into your heart because he is holy. We sometimes, well, truth be told, a lot of times we forget that. We live our lives as if he's really not holy, but he is. He loves us. But his love is a holy love. It's a love that transforms us. It's a love that changes us. If it is experienced the way he would have it to be experienced. So as we look together at this 13th chapter of the book of Corinthians, I hope... You will allow God to imprint this truth upon your heart. Why should you hear a message about love? Because this type of love, this agape love, this self-sacrificial love, is a unique love that has changed the world. And it continues to change the world. And if we would have our church, Sulphur Springs Baptist, be a church that God uses to transform this community, if we're going to be the church to bring light into the darkness, then we need to have this type of love in our lives. That's why this message is important. So I invite and encourage you... If you're willing and able to stand and honor the reading of the word, to do so as I lead us in this reading of the word. We are in this study of spiritual gifts. This is the third message. And we've looked at some of the gifts in chapter 12. We will deal again with especially two gifts in chapter 14, but right here in the middle, don't miss this. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul gives us this declaration of love. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. For your love, we're reminded in other scriptures that while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated, you God demonstrated your love for us and that Christ came and died. While we were yet sinners. Oh, what a tremendous love. Father, help us now to understand the depths of this and Lord, help us to realize this too can be the love that we know, and that we share with others. God, may you make it so through your Holy Spirit. I ask and pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. As I said, a convicting chapter in this study of the spiritual gifts. Remember, we're dealing with a church that has been divided in some ways through the abuse and misuse of the spiritual gifts Uh, they have been having issues as a result of those with particular gifts developing arrogance and looking down upon the others and so in this Teaching. Paul all of a sudden, and some people think, well, it sounds like we just changed subjects. It's not where this belongs. But this is put here exactly where it is for a meaning. If you look at, if your Bibles are still open, if you look at the end of chapter 12, as Paul is talking about these gifts, the last thing he says before he moves into love, he says, After the earnest desire, he says, I will show you a more excellent way. What is that excellent way? It's the way of love. We're going to be talking about the priority of love this morning. And if you know much, and I am not a Greek scholar. We're not getting into Greek this morning. But when you see in your English Bibles the word love... There, it can be different Greek words underlying the text. There are different types of love. We use the same word, but the Greeks had it different. There was that love that you have for family members, you, then there's brotherly love, and there's a Greek word for that. Philadelphia, the city, uh, comes from that word a Greek word that means love. And then there's there's an erotic, passionate kind of love between a husband and his wife. And that is a God-designed love. And that's a good love, practiced appropriately. But here, the word is agape. It's a word that did not occur in normal Greek usage. It's almost like the Christians coined this term gave it a new meaning because it is a sacrificial love it is a love that sacrifices for others it's veterans weekend and there's a that's a that's a different kind of love patriotic love but it's it's a sacrificial love when people serve when they have served they don't know what's gonna happen they can't predict the future They were willing to sacrifice for the good of the country. That is a sacrificial love. But the love of Christ, the agape love, this is when you see the word love in chapter 13, that's what you're actually seeing. So why is this so important? Why is Paul putting a priority on it? Because he's saying... Three things through here. The first thing we're going to look at what he says that doesn't matter your gift, doesn't matter how spiritually empowered you are, what God has done for you and given you. Remember that. Remember that God has given. You didn't earn it. You didn't build it up. If God has given you whatever gift, He's it's a gift. So, why are we arrogant about our gifts? But Paul, what he's going to say is, he said the priority of love is so important. The first point is that if you don't have this type of love, your spiritual gift is useless. And then he's going to tell us, and that's in verses 1 through 3 and then verses 4 through 7. He's going to describe this love. The priority of love is going to be seen in its particulars. And then the third point is that the priority of love is seen in its permanence. And I want us to think about that for a minute. Because as it is said here at the end, there's, these things are going to pass away. What is the need for hope when you see Jesus? No hope, he's there. He's with us. You're not going to need faith. He's right there. But love, love will never end. We're going to be loving our Savior for an eternity. For an eternity. I'm going to say this later. But I'll go ahead and say it right now. If We're going to be doing this for an eternity. Wouldn't it be a really good idea. To start practicing it now. That's that's something to think about. Anyway. Let's get started here. First three verses. Priority of love is so important. That it's absence renders the spiritual gifts useless now remember the churches they're they're having issues they've written to paul and first and corinthians is his response to him so they're saying hey what about this what about that and at the beginning of, of chapter 12 he says now brethren i wouldn't have you be ignorant about spiritual gifts let's talk about them but then right here as he is talking about him, and he's just listed, and we talked last week about some of those different ways of serving, he says, but let, let's just take a time out. And that, that's the idea. What, let me just ask you this. What do you normally hear First Corinthians chapter 13? You hear it at weddings, right? And, and that's really not that out of place. I mean, in a wedding, because you're talking. I know there's a lot of married people in here, and I, I I am, I am one. uh, To use, I don't know if that's right grammar, but hey, if Mark thinks there's 356 days in a year, I, (laughs) I I can get by with uh, whatever that is. Uh, So. Do you not want your, your spouse to have a sacrificial type of love for you? And if you're both practicing sacrificial love, then it's going to be good. So it's not out of place, but the real context is in the church. Don't, don't forget that context is important. This is put here for a reason. And what Paul is saying to them and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us... God has gifted us with certain things and we can't exercise those gifts but if we don't have love for one another it doesn't matter. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love I'm just banging on a gong. Pastor James is talking to me uh... Uh, tell me about a youth leaders meeting they had the other day and one of our youth ministers in the in the county it's not Pastor James but it's another one it's something I've never heard of it's, he likes listening to this chaos chaos chord uh, he played a clip of it and basically what he's saying is is everybody that's got an instrument is doing whatever they want to do no harmony, no rhythm it's just chaos and one of the other guys when he played it one of the other guys after about 10 seconds he just said turn it off, turn it off he just, and these are young guys but that's, if, if you're exercising your spiritual gift without love that's really the effect you're accomplishing people are just going to say get away from me if I have, and think about this, if I understand everything, all mysteries, all knowledge, if I have enough faith that I can move a mountain, but if I don't have a sacrificial love for the brethren, it profits me nothing. I am nothing. That's how important this is. We are first and foremost... A fellowship of the redeemed. There's no Christianity in isolation. We're a community. As I said last week, there are no unimportant members. We all need one another. And we should have a love for one another. And then this... This is... um, I'm just going to cut to the chase here um, with, with verses 4 through 7 because I can talk. And mo, the, the point here for the first three, point of application is your motive matters. Why are you doing what you do? Why do you serve? Are you checking a box? Are you trying to get points with God? Or are you doing it out of love? But this second point, and this is this is the convicting point to me, because when you really look at this, when you really look at it, and then look at your own life, do you measure up to this? Do I measure up to this? Just so these Corinthians don't miss it, he's going to tell because he's been saying you need love, you need love. And it's easy to say, well, I do love. I do love people. And he said, okay, well, this is what Jesus' love looks like. This is what agape lo- love looks like. This is what sacrificial love looks like. Let's take a test. Love is patient and kind. They were not patient with one another. The, the section about the Lord's Supper, which is a high point of worship. And they were getting drunk. They were some of them that were eating before they came, and then others weren't having anything. And they weren't patient. They weren't waiting on each other. They didn't care about each other. And so he's saying, okay, love is patient and it's it's kind. Uh, that's that would be convicting enough. Then he says, love does not envy or boast what were they doing? Those that had some of these gifts, they consider themselves to be more spiritual than the others. They were looking down on some of the others and saying, hey, I'm better than you. Paul says, well, love, love doesn't envy or boast. So those, he gets both sides. If you're sitting here and think, well, I don't have the gift that Brenda or Tom has, and I Envy's wrong. Be satisfied with what you've got. But then he said to those that have the more, and we talked about the prominent gifts, the ones that are out in front, that doesn't make us any better. We're not to be arrogant about that and look down on anybody else. It's not boastful but then he then he gets to the arrogant or rude and and he's he's talking about I've already mentioned how they did the table and or misused the lord's table and then he there's a section in there about um the the meat and the i idle meat people were buying it and if if they were spiritually mature enough. That they could eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols and they understood that idols were nothing and it didn't matter. You're just getting a good deal on meat. That's great. But some people coming out of that pagan background, it bothered them. And and they were being arrogant about it. And Paul was saying, hey, if you have love, you're going to care about your brother and you're not going to do something and it's going to make him or her stumble. You're going you're to love them. You're not going to be arrogant or rude. wow, that one hurts me. That one hurts me personally. I don't intend to be arrogant. I don't intend to be rude. I'm not proud of that. But sometimes I am. Sometimes I am. And it, it's not good. Uh, it's not good for any of us. especially not good for a pastor. But that's convicting. Do I treat each of you the way I want to be treated. I mean when you really start looking at this, it's this tough stuff. I, like I said, I, 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 when I think back and think of conversations and my wife, she's really good, she said, you offended. I said, what? I said, for that? Well, they just need to get over that. I've said that. Uh, Man, what kind of candy land are we living in here anyway? I mean, come on. Take something. But you know, that attitude is not right. It's not right. So I just, as your pastor this, this message, preparation, convicted me that um, I need to love you better. <laughs> we need to love each other better. It's not irritable or resentful. How do you respond when life bumps you? we talked about ministry being messy because see when somebody calls you to do something they're they're not going to call you when you're just sitting there thinking wow I've got some free time and I'm just looking for something to do I wish someone would call me yeah they call you at 4 o'clock in the morning and say hey what are you doing (laughs) well I was sleeping I told you that story but they you know Things happen. How do we respond? Are we irritated? Ah, oh, this was my time. I don't want to be Jesus right now to somebody else. I just wanted a little bit of my time. How, do, how are we Are we irritable? Resentful? Oh, Brother Gary's here. He's done more funerals than all ever. Gary do people always die at the most convenient times (laughs) thank you for your honesty brother (laughs) life happens what's our love factor at those points love does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth There's a sign of spiritual maturity. You might not have anything to do with it, but if there's someone you particularly maybe aren't that great of friends with or someone that maybe some bad thing happens to them that might turn out to the positive for you, are you happy? Secretly, even if it's secretly happy. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things this like i said is uh, is is tough uh, I want you to turn real quickly to Philippians. It's just a couple of chapters to the right. Philippians chapter 2 Now, if this is the expectation if we're to love like this and that sounds like an impossible task Philippians chapter 2 Jesus is the one that gives us the grace to do this. If you look at chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, this is our example. Jesus is way more than our example, but he did set an example. Though he was in the form of God, he is co-eternal, co-equal with the Father. Even though that was his eternal prerogative, he did not count equality with a thing to be grasped or to be clung to but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross there is our example of sacrificial love thinking and not just thinking but doing and what's our supposed to be our goal that same chapter look at verses 3 and 4 up above that paul tells us do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you not only look to his own interests but also have the interests of others that's our goal is that well it's supposed to be our goal. Is that your goal? Is that my goal? And can we do this? Look at verse five. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in in Christ Jesus. We have been given the mind of Christ. This type of love in 1 Corinthians 13, one for another, is possible for us. It's not just potential. It's not just something, wow, that would be really cool. We can do it. Not in our own selves. But as we surrender to Christ, we have been given the mind of Christ. And then, very quickly, it's permanence. When he talks about in verse 8 through 13, love never ends. And what he's talking about, we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the perfect, he's talking about Jesus coming. This is the second coming. This is the consummation. This is what we live in hope of. The blessed hope, the return of our God and Savior, Jesus. When the perfect comes, there'll be no need for the exercise of these gifts The perfect comes, the partial passes away. And we think about this. We just just sang about holy ground a little earlier. And, And we stand here now. We're standing. And what are we actually seeing? We're seeing each other. We're seeing the effect of Jesus upon others As the spirit of Christ moves among us. But then. Face to face. We will see. Does that capture your attention? Does that give you something to live for? That one day. We will actually be in the presence of the Savior. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And so that's why the importance of love there, that's eternal. That's going to keep going. As I already said earlier, if we're going to be doing it for eternity, it'd be good to get a head start on it now, to practice this type of love now. So as our musicians, as Mark comes I want us to imagine what it would be like, what our church could be transformed into if each of us practiced this type of sacrificial love. We've been talking about the gifts, and the gifts are important in your act of service, and Jesus does want us to use them for his glory. But I want to make sure that we understand the motivation is to build up the body. It's to bring glory to him. It's to exercise these gifts with the motivation of this love. So if you're a believer, if you're someone in Christ, ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself this question. Have you been living for your agenda or for God's agenda? Have you offended a brother or sister by pushing for your way? instead of the master's way? Are you just haven't really given it much thought? You're just going about your business. Just doing things on your own. The master's way. The way of sacrificial love is the way that's going to make a difference and bring him glory and i also want you to consider this 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 depth of of sacrificial love that he has for us pastor james read this verse 10 of first john 4 in this is love not that we have loved god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiations for our sins You know, there might be someone here this morning that you don't understand what that means. You've never experienced that type of love. That's the love that Jesus has for you. As a rebel against the holy God, that's the love that he has for you. And you can know that love personally here this morning. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the magnificence of your word. Father, I thank you for the wonder of this love. God, I stand in awe of your holiness. And I pray that we would be a group of like-minded believers loving one another in a way that pleases and honors you. Father, I pray that we would be Not just here, but out there, living life that draws other people to the Savior. That they, too, might know this love. God, you just uh, move amongst us now. And those, uh, we need to pray, if we need to talk to somebody. God, if we just need to surrender to the Lordship and love of Jesus. God, just help us to be obedient. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.